Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. JGB Podcast Episode 9. This is the uh, the Miak Tournament Part 2 of 3. Oh, that might be a spoiler alert, I don't know. Uh, we're going to cover Part 2. Uh, before we do though, we're going to get into things that we've talked about before. Um, I saw a story that came up, and I know you asked me a question about this, so I started to look it up. Uh, the thing that I saw was, uh, Yankees worst fear confirmed as relief pitcher Chad Green is set for Tommy John surgery. And I knew you'd ask me what Tommy John surgery was, and I kind of knew basically what it was, but I didn't know exactly. So, JJ, you're going to tell us all about Tommy John surgery. From HopkinsMedical.org. So you know that John Hopkins University is actually around this area, right? It's kind of near Baltimore area. I don't exactly know where it is, but it's in Maryland anyway, so it's pretty close to us. Okay. There's some tough words in here. <clears throat> Tommy John surgery is ulnar collateral ligament... UCL reconstruction and it's used to repair a torn ligament usually in the inner side of the elbow. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So you could see why pitchers would have it then, right? Obviously yeah. your elbow is an important part of your as you're bending and stretching. Yeah. And, yeah. Some people typically athletes who are like throwing sports may experience UCL tears that may Need surgical repair. A UCL reconstruction surgery involves harvesting a tendon from your own body or from a don- donor oh, uh-huh. and attaching it to act as a new UCL. Yeah, so I, I think if I remember correctly, I don't think they take a tendon from your arm. I think it's a tendon from your leg, if yeah. I can remember properly. And then they put it in your arm. and um, yes. Yeah, anyway, that's how it works. It may take overhead athletes more than a year t- or longer to turn to their prior level of play after a UCL reconstruction. And that's pretty much the deal. When you hear a pitcher's got, um, they're going to have Tommy John surgery, then you know that it's going to be pretty much going to be over a year. I'm not sure what it means by an overhead athlete. Um, that was a quote taken from that journal. I don't know what that means, though. I, I can't even imagine what that probably means. Like a good, probably like an athlete, I guess. Well, it said athlete anyway, so they wouldn't even need the word overhead, so I don't know. Now, do you know why it's called Tommy John surgery? Um, first person, wait, like a really famous dude named Tommy John had to take it? He was the first person actually had it done, yeah. So, uh, Thomas Edward John Jr., nicknamed the Bionic Man, is an American retired professional baseball pitcher who played in Major League Baseball for 26 seasons. Jesus. Wow. I didn't know he played that long. Between 1963 and 1989, he played for the Cleveland Indians, Chicago White Sox, LA Dodgers, New York Yankees, California Angels, and Oakland A's. Um, I only knew he played for the Yankees. Um, I was kind of looking for a baseball card for you with Tommy John, because I always try and find a card now that we talk about. There was such a big range of cards because he played for such a long time. Um, I actually had no idea. Now, what I didn't know, though, was um, his son is also called Tommy John. And his son is actually a doctor. And um, 
the day I decided to... Has he performed Tommy John surgery? Um, he has, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it. Um, when I looked it up, because I saw that story, the day it was, and I started to look up Tommy John, the person, it was actually his birthday. It was actually his birthday on the day I decided to do this research. And actually, on the his t pinned tweet on Twitter says, I am sick, my name is attached to a surgery happening in kids more than pros. My son at Dr. Tommy John DC just released a manual for parents, coaches and players that puts the power to prevent injuries back where it belongs, in the homes. Go to don'tcutmykid.com for details. And I actually read quite a few um, few of the articles that followed on from it. But yeah, he kind of hates that now. He hates that his name has been atta attached to a surgery that far too many people are having. And I can tell you, you heard the part. It said it happens more for kids than it does for pros. And it said Why? one of the things is... Um, well, people... probably because they'd like to play football then and probably play like baseball it's sad that people are playing too many sports it says that people are doing like baseball like year round now because it used to be you'd play in the spring and then that would be it and like or, football too uh-huh or people used to get i don't know if you realize like the old-time baseball players they used to have regular jobs like they would play the season for their team and then they'd go back to their town and they'd be like a butcher or they would be a teacher or they would be a policeman or they'd be whatever they were they'd work in a store and, um, yeah, you didn't used to pitch you around, but now people do, like, fall ball, they play travel leagues, they play for the... There's a lot to... Yeah, so basically he was saying that, look, you don't need to do this, um, do different things. Um, he did promote a good, good healthy lifestyle, uh, ex regular exercise, uh, but eating healthy as well. But, yeah, he said a lot of these people, they don't actually need to do this. Um, and I know in the article it said someone was like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me get my Tommy John surgery. And he was like, you just need to rest it for a little bit. And um, after a certain amount of time... Um, they were much better. So I don't know too much more. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but I did read a few things, but it was kind of interesting to, to see about that. All right, second story. This is a week late, JJ, but when we were watching at the hotel, the um, Yankees... I don't know, actually it wasn't the Yankees. It was the... I want to say it was one of the highlights from one of the games. I think it was the Cincinnati Reds. And you asked me, they're like, why are they wearing camouflage? I was like, I have no idea. Well, I did manage to find out. Saturday, May 21st, was Armed Forces Day. Armed Forces Day, established by President Harry S. Truman in 1949, is traditionally celebrated every year on the third Saturday of May. Throughout the weekend, MLB players and coaches will wear camouflage design caps, as well as optional camo-themed socks. So that was the reason then. It was on that Saturday. I actually thought it was the game that we saw was on the Friday, but to be honest, but it, perhaps it was that part, and I'd actually, uh, I'd actually missed that part. So that was why they were doing that. And waste the, of paper, because Dad just left a bunch of it blank. Well, I guess yeah, I'm not, you're not reading that part. I'm not going to mix it up with notes that you're not reading. So the third story I saw was from uh, Anthony Castrovince on MLB.com. Uh, Since Felix Hernandez finished off the third perfect game of the 2012 season, we've had 38 no-hitters but no perfect games. Now, the reason this is coming up is we did, We have talked a lot about no-hitters. We've talked about perfect games recently. And I remember saying that there's been like a lot of perfect games. And then I had to do the correction. I said, hey, there hasn't been one in 10 years. So anyway, that's what caught my eye out. Um, only twice since 1901 has there been at least 38 consecutive no-hitters without a perfect game. That's where we're at right now. So, yeah, it's been actually quite a long time. Um, the two where it was were both 42 no-hitters. It was Charlie Robertson in 1922 until Don Larson in 1956. So they went 34 years without um, a, a perfect game. Now, Don Larson will be famous to everybody who follows baseball, but you might be too young. Have you heard the name Don Larson? Do you know why his no-hitter, uh, why his perfect game was so special? It no. was it was a World Series. 
It's the only perfect game in World Series history. And until a few years ago, it was actually the only perfect game in the playoffs as well. Um, Roy Halladay threw one as well for the Phillies, I think about 2012, probably 2012. I think that was the year when it was like three, or it might have been 2011. And the other one was Catfish Hunter in 1968 and Len Barker in 1981. So there was a 13-year gap there as well. So, um, yeah, so part of it was talking about why has it been so long. Um, I was kind of interested in this. They talked about the fact that actually there's been some that have been really close. Can you imagine how annoying these ones would be, JJ? Uh, you Darvish for the Texas Rangers uh, nine years ago, the person got a hit with two outs in the ninth. They needed one more out for a perfect game, and they didn't get it. No. Um, the other one was uh, Yusamiro Petit, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, from the Giants, also in 2013. Same thing, hit with two outs. Oh, my no. gosh. And um, I don't remember this one, and I'm surprised. Max Scherzer, for, when he was pitching for the Nationals in 2015, he had two outs in the ninth, and he hit the, hit the batter. So they got to walk. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how annoying that would be? Like, that's yes. your own fault. Like, if they get a hit, yeah. you're like, all right, the batter did it. But if you hit the batter, you hit them, that's your own fault. And they did talk about some famous ones. Uh, one of them I remember very well. My first one I thought of close, straight away when I was like, things that are close. Mike Messina for the Yankees, September 2001 at Red Sox. Uh, it said Messina was utterly dominant for eight and two-thirds innings at Fenway Park, striking out 13 of the 26 batters. So he's down to his final out. Carl Everett got a single, broke it up. As a Red Sox fan, I was like, yes! I was loving that one that got broke up. And the other one that they talked about, because I thought you might ask me, which was the... Uh, which was the one from the longest time ago. Uh, it was somebody called Hooks Wiltsey. New York Giants versus the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, George McQuillan was hit by a pitch, but ended the game with a 10-inning no-hitter. So he didn't get a perfect game, but he did get a no-hitter out of it. And the one I can't believe they didn't mention was Harvey Haddix. Now, Harvey Haddix is a song that I love to play on my iPod by the Baseball Project. Do you know the name Harvey Haddix? I have told yeah. you that story before. He threw a perfect game through nine innings, but he didn't get a perfect game. Can you remember why? Uh, wait, I think the other team hit a home run. No, the other, no, that wouldn't be a wait, perfect game. If they hit a home run, it wouldn't be a perfect game. Because that means they got a hit. So how did he throw a perfect game through nine innings, but didn't get the win? Oh, uh, I don't know. This is one of those little trivia thinking questions. He played for the Pirates, and the Pirates didn't get a run. So it was 0-0, zero, zero. so they had to keep going. So he went into the 10th, still a perfect game through 10. Pirates did not get a run. Through a perfect game through 11, Pirates didn't get a run. Through a perfect inning through 12, Pirates didn't get a run. He threw 12 perfect innings, and he didn't get the win. Came out in the 13th, took the loss for that game. It's probably the best ever pitched game, and he didn't even get the win in that game. Like, ouch, that was so painful for that one. And I didn't even get a mention for the near-perfect games. I was like, wow, I think there was something... Oh, it was BaseballFever.com is where I found that from. I was like, I can't believe they didn't actually mention that at all. But, hey, that's the way it goes. Yeah, why? I don't know why they didn't include it. I can't ask it. It was an article. <laughs> like, you just read it. But to me, it sounded like the most famous one. And yeah. um, when I heard that story, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Just to even pitch that many times is uh, uh, crazy. Um, there were some interesting theories also, because it said, actually, right now, batting averages are pretty low. So you'd expect there to be more perfect games, but... Yeah, it's just one of those things that's just not happening right now. All right, we're gonna come do the. We're gonna switch the order again. We're gonna do the review. So after part one, we talked about the games on Thursday that we hadn't seen. We saw game three where Coppin State have already advanced to the final. Yeah. So I said we would talk about the remaining two games. So we already mentioned the fact that we were looking around um, the museum. I've already forgot what the museum's called. 
It was Nauticus. That's it, Nauticus. And we saw we went around the USS Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin. So while we were gone then, what about the two missing games then? So let's start with game four then, which was uh, Norfolk State versus Mid-Eastern Shore. Both of these teams lost their first game, so whoever lost went home. So go ahead, tell us about this one. Okay. You got the box score there. In the first, Norfolk State scored two, and Maryland Eastern Shore got four. Uh-huh. In the second, Maryland Eastern Shore got two. In the third, they got two again. In the fourth, they got two again. In the fifth, Norfolk State got one. And Maryland Eastern Shore got two again. All right, so at this point, then, the score is already 12 to 1. So this yeah. is not looking good. We're getting close to that mercy rule like we had in, uh, in the game three that we talked about last week. All right, any more scores to this one? Oh, actually, 12 to 3. I apologize. I forgot the two runs in the first Six. inning. Norfolk State got one, Maryland Eastern Shore got zero. In the eighth, Norfolk State got one again, and no one scored in the ninth. And the final score was 12 to 5, North Maryland Eastern Shore. Took the win. So Norfolk State were the defending champions, and they're knocked out. Now, I wonder if you were going to read the rest of this box score, because there was one thing that really caught my attention. They both had 10 hits, and the final score was 15 to 2, uh, 12 to 5, which is kind of incredible. There were seven errors by Norfolk State in the game, and actually Maryland Eastern Shore had two. That's a yeah. lot of errors for that game. So there would have been a lot of unearned runs for this one. Um, game started at 4.10. It went on for 2 hours and 45 minutes. 95 degrees, Jake. I think we were right to leave. It was getting particularly hot. And um, I did look up my former player, uh, my former student, sorry, who was playing for Norfolk State. Uh, Brandon Cleveland went two for four in that game. So he did pretty well in that one. All right, game five then was the winner of this game versus the loser of game three. So that meant it was Maryland Eastern Shore versus Delaware State. All right, JJ. Okay. Okay, so in the first inning, Delaware State got two. Maryland Eastern Shore has one. The second, no runs. Mm -hmm. In the third... Two runs for Maryland Eastern Shore, three runs for Delaware State. By this time, it's three to five. Yep. In the fourth, Maryland Eastern Shore gets two. And in the fifth, so Delaware State So that makes State it five, five then. That's tied four. up. Four. Mm -hmm. And the sixth, Maryland Eastern Shore got one, Delaware State got two. And no one scored until the ninth, and Maryland Eastern Shore got four, and they lost. 10 to 11. Yeah, if you just look at the score, it seemed kind of close, but actually it was 11 to 6 going into the ninth inning. So Maryland Decent Shore actually did well to get four. Now, I did actually wonder, like, did they bring in, like, um, you know how we talked about Albert Pujols pitching the other week? I wonder if they tried to rest one of their pitchers, like, because they know they got the final the next day. So I wonder if they brought somebody in who wasn't quite as good, and then that's how they managed to get some runs, and then they were like, oh, we actually need to make sure we win this game. So I'm not sure what happened. Um, the other one that caught my eye for this, but you didn't mention this one, Five errors from Delaware State, though. So I'm not sure if that perhaps and if they were all in from Maryland. Uh, yeah. Twelve errors. What? Wait, in five. Wait, in five errors from Delaware State. That's what I just said. That's what, literally what I just said. Um, and there was one from Maryland Eastern Shore. So this game was a long game, three hours and twenty-seven minutes. That's not what Delaware State were looking for. Having already played one game today, this was their second game, it ended and at, now they've got to play it tomorrow ended at as well. Ten twenty-seven. 
Um, no, it started at 7.30, so it ended at 10.57. So it was nearly 11 o'clock at night. So can you, because we actually talked about it. if Coppin State had lost their game, we would have had to be at this game. So we would have still been there. It was 93 degrees. It was. That's pretty warm. I don't know if that's the start time or the end time, but yeah, that's, um, that is pretty warm for sure. So that was the end of, uh, that was the end of Friday. And then we went on to, uh, Saturday. I actually put Friday by accident in the, in the notes there, JJ. So I said, oh, you're probably going to sleep tonight. Like we did a lot of stuff and you're like, no, I'm going to be up at like six o'clock. And sure I woke enough, up at, at 5.43. You were up pretty early. So, um, that was good because there was a lot of stuff. I knew you wanted to go to the beach again, but Don't what, did, beach. what did we actually do? Cause the game started at 12, but we managed to cram a lot of stuff in. I know you, the I beach. Talking, McDonald's. Before we did that. Before. We went to McDonald's for breakfast, yeah. Before we went to the beach. Where did we go? Because you wanted to walk to the beach. And I was like, how about we go to Virginia Beach instead? So what did we do before we got to Virginia Beach? Can you remember? Uh, no. We went, we to, went the... to Walmart to get you a shirt. <laughs> we did, because I had lost... And then you up... That was the day before. That was the day before. You're getting your days totally mixed up. Oh, we went disc golfing. Then when we found that there was a nice course there, and um, you actually got given some discs. Yeah. There was a one guy who uh, we could see was ahead of us, was catching up, was he was playing by himself, so we let him go through. And uh, he watched his tee off, and then uh, we let him play through, and he was walking, and then he came back, he put his bag down and said, here, give me... He got you some really cool discs. Can yeah. you describe them a little bit? Um, one of them's a glow-in-the-dark disc yeah. that, like, you can kind of shape it, like, a lot. Okay. And, like... Like it goes to the right kind of uh -huh. lot, and um, the Thunderbird goes really like far to the right. Huh? I was thinking the colors specifically on the Thunderbird, like the one in the dark. Oh yeah, the it's kind of like pink and yellow. It's kind of like it reminded me of like a tie dye shirt. It's kind of no, that got was those... the other one. Oh, that was the other one. Oh, okay. Yeah, the other one um was invictus and ah. like it went straight and then curved to the right a little bit so we didn't know the numbers on some of them because you can tell how they're gonna fly so you just yeah there to... was only one that he didn't know the numbers yeah you just kind of figured it out you threw it and you're like all right now i got now how it is and um i think it's actually the best round i've ever played jj i had one hole when i got ridiculously unlucky i caught a tree and it kicked it almost out of bounds and then i just couldn't get down i took a five but i think for the rest of the course i think i was one under there was a couple of holes where it was like really straight and I was like, uh, I think I'm driving well. I'm going to go straight for the hole. Remember hole 16, I think it was? like. Yeah, I, you were like 10 feet away. Yeah, it was like 250 and it was, the basket was on pin top high. of the hill. And yeah, it was I, pin high. It could not have gone any straighter and it was right there. So I was... Yeah, it was pin high. Yeah, I was Perfect. really excited how well I played. So that, that was good to see. Um, we went to Virginia Beach and um, the, what was the main difference about this beach? Um bigger waves <laughs> these were huge uh you fell into the water a couple of times even though you're in your clothes and i was like well, that's fine you'll dry off and you did uh but yeah so i think you like the bigger waves yeah and i got um a virginia beach t-shirt to change into we did yeah you got wet and so. i wore it for three days straight it kind of looked like your coffin state shirt a little yeah, bit yeah i stopped wearing it yesterday you wore it i was like you still wearing that i was like that was saturday i was like today's tuesday i was like you need to change that oh we should talk about the fact we're all recording on wednesday this week so this is a lot earlier than normal because you're going to be out of town this weekend so uh, we want to get everything in. So when we do our reviews, we won't be able to, uh, updates, we won't be able to talk about quite as much stuff, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, also I have field day on Friday, but it could get mm -hmm. changed to the rain day, because uh -huh. like it could rain. 
It could, yeah, it, that can always happen. And uh, I think we might be talking about rain in our next episode and we'll review part three as well, possibly. Now, while you were actually on the plane in the water, I did realize, I was like, oh, shoot, we've got to buy tickets again. So I did get on you my phone. Tickets. I ordered everything online. So actually, we saved a little bit of time for that one, which meant we got to play on the beach a little bit longer. But we were cutting it close. I was like, if we miss the first inning, we miss the first inning. Because I did want to stop at Mount Trashmore, which I think you talked about last time anyway. I knew there was a cool playground there. We didn't get to play for very long but hey it's the way it goes uh, we did get food before we went because we knew that there might not be any concessions at this one because they'd said there wasn't going to be and there wasn't Wait. so we got pizza oh yeah we got pizza uh-huh so we we sorted that out and um yeah we got there and um they actually recognized us they were like you were here yesterday right I'm like yeah we were here yesterday and same as last time it was really hot it was ridiculously hot, and there wasn't really much shade. We managed to get shade for, like, perhaps the first inning, and I think that was about as much shade as we got. Oh, yeah. Um, the day before, I got a bunch of shade because I kept scooting back. You did. You kept scooting back. The thing I noticed as I walked into this game was there was clear divisions between where the fans were sitting. I think when we went, there was fans for, like, all four teams because at this point, though, all the other teams have gone home because they're out of it, probably. I'm going to guess that Maryland Decent Shore had already gone home. I'm going to guess Norfolk State... And probably, that was the end of, they probably already graduated, so they probably went back to where they were living and whatever. So yeah, it was clear. On the left-hand side, or on the first base side, was clearly the Delaware State fans. And then in the middle, and a few to the right, was yeah. the third base side was clearly the Coppin State fans. But that's because that's where the dugouts, where they were. Wait, so on I this... thought that was, no, that was the day before, right? Um, no, that was the second day. That was the second day. We saw two games on the second day. Actually, Coppin State were actually on the first base side to begin with for this game. Yeah. For the first game, anyway. Well, yeah. spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. All right, ah, 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 spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right, we got it. We got it. Well, come on, you better tell us then. So we know there's some divides in this. Um, anything you specifically remember before you actually get to... Um, I don't five baseballs. <laughs> I might have already said that last time. I think time. you probably did. Um, yeah, in the first game, Delaware State were the away team, so they were on the first base side. Uh, Coppin State... Uh, hold on, sorry. Coppin State were the um on the third base side um this time delaware state were on the third base side mm -hmm. um so they switched because i don't know why that happened i guess probably i guess that's fair you take it in turns right coppin state batted last one game so delaware state gets to bat last in the second game all right you got the card there so go ahead tell us what happened okay so if coppin state win this this is the end of the tournament because then delaware state will have had their second loss because it's double elimination second inning in the second inning, Delaware State got one run. Uh -huh. In the fourth inning, both teams got one run. Uh -huh. Fifth, two runs by Delaware State. In the sixth, Coppin State got two and no runs. What after that? Four to three, Delaware State. That's right. Uh, Coppin State had more hits. It was five to four. Uh, once again, a lot of errors. Delaware yeah. State had three, three. errors. Uh, Coppin State had two. Two. Uh, two hours and 36 minutes on the game. And this was a tough one, Jay. Like I was trying to think back to what I remember about this game. The it was thing, like 80. The thing, no, it was 90s for this one. It says 93. The thing I remember most about this game was... I just thought that Coppin State were unlucky in this one. Like, there was multiple times where, like, a player grounded into a double play to end and then the inning. Uh, there was times where they caught a, missed a key ball or a ball got past the, uh, the catcher and then they managed to score. There was just a few things. that It just didn't seem like anything was going their way. 
Um, I also kind of thought for a couple of batters, like um, when Marcus Castillo was up as well, like it always seemed like the person in front just seemed to get out, on, uh, like trying to steal a base or something, then get caught, or just didn't get on base. He always seemed to be on base. He always seemed to come up to bat with like nobody ahead of him. Um, yeah, it just felt like a frustrating game. You could see the players were getting frustrated as well. Like they were throwing their what bats down. Raged? One of them got a little upset, yeah. So we won't go into that too much, but yeah, it was. It was it was just one of those games. It was frustrating. They knew that they probably should have won it and they should have closed it out. And yeah, it just didn't quite happen. Now, you actually sat to a slightly different position for this one. Because originally you sat with me and then this one you kind of just disappeared a little bit. So where were you kind of sat for this one? Or where were you playing, I guess? I guess you were playing a little bit, right? Wait, I thought that was the second game. This is the second game. Oh, the second game of the day. Well, it was, but you went down there before because that's why you went down there for the second game of the day. Oh yeah, I was sitting... I was sitting by the Coppin State side. Well, it was a Delaware State at that time. Oh, yeah. For this game. Yeah, you were sat uh, on the third base side because you could uh, get yeah. kind of close to the fence. There was a little bit of grass down there, so you could play with your ball as well. So you went down there. Oh, yeah, I lost a ball. Oh, yeah. You lost one, but yeah, I think you found it again. Or no. somebody gave you another ball as well. No. Oh, yeah, someone gave me uh, another ball uh -huh. that game, and then I went to go get the other one in the... Uh -huh. So I couldn't always, like when you came up to the fence, I could see you, but when you kind of backed off, I couldn't see you. So I had to keep getting out of my seat and I was like, oh, you're there, you're good. And then most of the time you kept going backwards and forwards, which was perfectly okay. And you mentioned at one time, you were like, yeah, I'm, I don't know if you said you were getting bored. You mentioned something like you weren't, I was like, all right. I was like, I guess you don't want to see the, next, I guess you don't want to see the game because you knew that this was, because we knew there was going to be one more game now. Um, I was hoping that Coppin State were going to win this. We could leave about 3 o'clock. We could be home by about 6 o'clock. And I was like, great, we're, we're all good. Because I, I had not booked a hotel for this night. Because I was like, it's going to be over pretty quick. And um, yeah, well, you're going to uh, uh, And yeah, it's not true. So that's why there's going to be three parts to this. Because we did get to see a third game. The one that will actually decide who wins the MEAC. So um, yeah, um, the win was uh, Evan Harris. It went 6-3. Wait, and what's three. the part three going to be? Heron, the last game. We've still got one more game. It's Each team has one loss so far. So it'll be the final for this one. And um, The other thing I do remember that I should have mentioned actually for this one. Um, Evan Harris was really impressive. It doesn't actually list how many pitches he had. But I heard somebody behind me mention he had over 100. I think it was 120. Yes. So it was like, oh my gosh. So he'd saved his bullpen as well for this next game. It's like Delaware State's got all the momentum right now. His figures for this game were nine innings. Um, only five hits. Two earned runs, so there was two unearned runs as well then. 11 strikeouts, so particularly impressive. And um, I would say Herond was uh, fine as well. Um, I think it's Marcus Herond. Um, he went 6.1 innings. He only gave up two earned runs in that time, struck out four. Uh, we recognized uh, Freudenberg who came in, because we remembered him from, uh, I think, the second game that we went to, JJ. Because we've seen him in that game. And then uh, Neil came in again, who was actually in the previous game. I think it's John Neil. Uh, he came in for two innings, didn't give up a run. So Coppin State only gave up two earned runs. But yeah, it was um, just a little bit frustrating for this one. Um, they did announce that the next game was starting about 30 minutes. And it was so hot. That was my other thing. I was like, I understand if you don't want to stay because it's so hot. Big we were running out of drinks. We went to get some big gulps. And I asked you, I was like, hey, do you want to stay for the third game? And you were like, oh, yeah. Yes. You were like, yes, straight away. I was like, oh, great. I, I thought you said no earlier. So I was quite happy about that. So we'll talk about that in the uh, next one. Um, anything else that you can think of from that first game on the Saturday, JJ? Um, no. 
Um, I'm trying to think, because one of the concession stands were closed. Oh yeah, also I put a shark in, not a kiss as well. <laughs> yes, you talked about that last time. You talked about that one, the last one. Um, I don't think this was the one. I, I think, I don't think the fans were as unhappy with the umpires in this one as the second one. I think they were more unhappy with the umpires in the second game. The coach but we'll, was But we'll well, talk. Learned, the coach was yelling at the umpire in the second but game. But we'll talk about that one when we do our next episode then, I guess. All right, so time for updates. Um, we can't do the. We can't do too many spoilers. Well, I guess they're all parents then. Huh? It says guardians. I guess everyone on the team is our parents. Okay. Do you know this is embarrassing? Your your granddad is from Cleveland. The Cleveland team is called the Guardians. <laughs> so you should know that there is a baseball team called the Guardians. I know. Okay, we're not even there, first of all. We want to do the Coppin update. Now, we've kind of got to save some of this. Most of the thing that's been talked about in the last week has obviously been what happened in the tournament. So we, I think people who follow us on social media probably already know what happened. But hey, we're going we're gonna to stick to the narrative. So go ahead and give the update that you can give, though, JJ. Coppin states Jordan Hamburger was named the John Ollard 2A Player of the Week. It was announced by College Baseball Foundation on Tuesday evening. So that was yesterday, then. This is the third time that Hamburg, a semifinalist with a yearly award, was has received the weekly honor, which leads all all players across the country. Now, I could have put this in the first section because we actually talked about the John Olerud Award last week. And um, when it mentioned the semi-finalists, there was two people who'd won it twice and all the other semi-finalists had won it once. So that actually means now Jordan Hamburg has won this three times this season. One person has won it two times and then the other eight people have only won it once. Surely that makes Jordan Hamburg the favourite now to win this, I would think. Yeah. If you've won it three times and nobody else has won it that many times. So we'll have to see, but um, I guess it could depend what happens in tournament play going forwards, like the NCAA tournament. One of the other players could win it like the next three weeks in a row or something, but right now... Hopefully they get to the College World Series, then we would have to travel to Omaha, Nebraska. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so we're not talking about what's going on. Hey, tell me about the Orioles this week, JJ. We can't uh, talk about much because it's just Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So how did they do in their last three seven games? They won 7-6 against the Rays. Ooh, yeah. They won 6-4 to four against the Yankees and lost 6-7 to seven against the Yankees. I actually watched some of the Yankees game last night, actually, just before I was going to bed. Um, the ninth inning, it was uh, tied. I believe in the 10th inning it remained tied, and then the Yankees won it in 11. So it was a long game, so they were kind of close. And uh, you already mentioned they got the Guardians. Oh, yeah, why don't they just make it 10 innings? Because it like, was still tied. No, why don't they just like make like make the game always 10 innings? Because it's 9. They should make it 10 innings. The game's long enough as it is anyway. 9 <laughs> no makes no make sense. Why? Because 10 makes more sense. So it's like decimal baseball? Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. So who are the Yang who are the Orioles playing this in the upcoming week? Um, Red Sox, Mariners, and Guardians. And you actually mentioned, I think, on the Sunday. I think it's a double header. I think you said um, it's actually at uh, Fenway. Um, big news from Baltimore this week. Adley Rutschman is here. Um, he's the catcher. 
and uh, he made a triple, and um, I thought we talked about him. Yeah, we did, we talked about him. But the reason this is in my notes is, it said, when will he be joined by Grayson Rodriguez? And I was like, Grayson Rodriguez? Like, I didn't know who that was. Like, I'm not very good with the, with the prospects. I'm starting to get a little bit better. And um, it did actually mention on uh, this, uh, Grayson Rodriguez is actually the fourth prospect on the list. So on the list, Adley Rushman was number one on that list. They then have number two is Spencer Torkelson from the Tigers. Number three is Riley Green from the Tigers. And then number four is Grayson Rodriguez. So the Orioles actually have two of the four best players who are not currently playing in the majors or at the start of the season they did. And the question was, who's they going to be? When will they be joined by Grayson Rodriguez? So there's another name. So where did it say? Oh, sorry, Grayson Rodriguez was fourth. The other one I saw JJ was Kyle Stowers, the number eight Orioles prospect, hit three home runs for Norfolk on Sunday. And then I was like, oh my gosh, we were just in Norfolk. We were in Norfolk on Saturday. We could not see the Norfolk Tide because they weren't in town that day. But on the Sunday, they were back, and one of their players hit three home runs. Now, his home runs were particularly impressive. In the fifth, he hit a solo shot to right field. In the sixth, he hit one to center field. And then in the seventh, he hit a two-run shot to center. So he hit three home runs in three at-bats in three consecutive innings. Fifth, fifth inning in his bat, home run. Sixth inning, home run. Seventh run in, home run. That's pretty impressive. All right, Red Sox update. Now, before I let you do your part, I was kind of curious then, if the Orioles have that many players in that top 50, um, how many do the Red Sox have? The Red Sox have a couple, actually. Uh, Marcelo Meyer, who I remember being, I remember him being drafted, because I remember watching that part of the draft. Um, he currently plays in single A, who's 12th on that list. And uh, Tristan Cassis, who's a first baseman, who for the Red Sox, triple uh, A, I think it's Worcester, I think is who he plays for. All right, JJ, I'm curious what you make of this one. I printed this one off from ESPN. Normally I go to the individual pages, but I kind of like this one, so I don't know what you think. Can you tell me about the Sunday game and the Tuesday game? They actually had a day off on Monday. They won against Seattle and they won against Chicago. You want to tell us the score? Wait, I want you to do. Read. I think you should I'm do gonna that I'm going to tell point. you about the other news. You can tell me the scores. They won 8-4 to four and they won... 16 to 3. Woo! 16 to 3 is a big thing. Boo! Clapping when you read that Red Sox wins. Um, yeah. It was 8 to 4, but it was in 10 innings. And the 16 to 3 last night, um, I actually posted on Twitter uh, Red Sox are leading by two touchdowns in the middle of the fifth. Now, I know it's not it's not playing football, but they were ahead by 14 points, 14 runs. It was 16 to 2 in the fifth, so they won that game pretty easily. The reason I left this in, I kind of like the format, Jay. It kind of tells you some other information as well. It tells you the pitches you can see quickly. It tells you the attendance, and you obviously didn't see this, but on the right-hand side, it tells you the price of tickets as well. So, the next games coming up this week are in Chicago. $2, $3. $2 for a ticket for the White Sox? Man, if yeah. we were living in Chicago. On Wednesday, May 20th. Yeah, two dollars. That's ridiculous. How are you gonna see a baseball game for thirty-two dollars? Thirty-two dollars. When I was saying like that, that's the one in Baltimore. Yeah, going to see Red Sox games in Baltimore is a lot more expensive. Saturday, I think they normally give out like a T-shirt or something. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's the Can way it go goes. On Saturday. Yeah, you're gonna be out of town. I could go on the Saturday. Oh, I could go for see the no, double header. No different Saturday. I could go on the Saturday. And I could see the double header. I could go see the twelve o'clock game no! and then the six o'clock. I'm guessing it's that single admission double header where you have to pay twice, unfortunately. Exactly. And uh, oh, Jake Pavetta's pitching on Sunday. 
Sunday as well. See, it tells you who the upcoming pitches are as well. So I kind of like this one. Um, next week, though, Jay, they're going to be playing Baltimore, as you said. Uh, also the Reds and then Oakland. Wait, how many times do they face the... They faced them they got five. five. They got five games. I think one Jesus. got rained out before. I think that's part of the reason. I think that Apple was... TV. Yeah. Well, I have the I have the package from my phone this year. Um, with being AT and T, you got free MLB TV this year. So, a couple of things then, JJ, that you might not have noticed. Remember, I was clapping Dad, a lot. Dad, why is there one at? Remember, I was 12, clapping a lot. 10 remember... p.m. Because that means it's a lunchtime game. They've got to get two games in. If they don't start till too late, they're not oh, going to get both games in. Oh wait, so, I thought it was a.m. <laughs> Never mind. That would be a bit early. Yeah. That would be a little bit early. So I was clapping a lot last time because the Red Sox were doing so much better. The Red Sox are currently on, I think it's a six-game streak. They actually had, on Sunday, they had the record for the best last ten games in the AL. They had eight and two. So they're suddenly doing much better. I'm not sure how many games they're out on the wild card right now. Um, the game from the ten, the game from Sunday, JJ, where they won in the end, um, they actually were winning in the ninth, and then they lost. Um, oh, sorry, they tied it. The other team, Seattle, tied it up. And I know Red Sox haven't won a game in extra innings this year. And I was like, oh, my gosh, here we go again. And they had a bases loaded. And uh, I think it's Francie Cordero. Is that his name? Frenchy, uh, Frenchy Cordero. Um, he had a home run, and that's why the final score was 8-4. to four. Uh, Other news I saw for this one, uh, Alex Spire in the Boston Globe. Right-hander Brian Matter, who underwent Tommy John surgery last April. There you go, there's Tommy John Woo! surgery again. So he's back now, so it was just over a year. But... Through two innings in an extended spring training game. His first competition against batters from another organization. He didn't allow a hit. Struck out five, walked two, and his fastball topped out at 100 miles an hour. Whoa, that looks like another good prospect. Matter 23 showed potentially overpowering stuff in 2019 when he went 7-7 seven and seven with a 3.43 ERA. Um, and struck out 52, uh, sorry, struck out 111 people with only 42 walks in 105 innings. That is impressive. Um... And the other one I saw was, uh, this is from Josh Jackson, your namesake, on MLB.com. Uh, Brian Bellow, Boston's top pitching prospect, began 2022 for Portland. And in his first start of the year, he struck out 10. He allowed exactly two runs and no more than four hits in each of his next three outings. And on May 5th, tossed a no-hitter. After seven games, he was off to AAA Worcester. Yeah. Well, that means those people Rome. would be bad at bad. No, it doesn't mean that. It just means, like he threw a no, means he threw a no-hitter. He was off to AAA Worcester, and uh, since he's been there... Uh, oh, he went to AAA Worcester with four, point two, four wins and two losses, 1.6 ERA, and his first start for Worcester this week, he gave up two runs in only six innings and took the win. So that might be a name I'm looking out for as well, Brian Bellow. And that's what I got for the Red Sox this week. <laughs> Alright, this week in baseball, um, I saw something from uh, the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, last week, remember we talked about the mud that they rub into baseballs? Yeah. I saw a similar story this week. Uh, you see MLB players using rosin bags in every game, and every one of them is made by Dave Phillips of San Francisco, who supplies rosin bags to all 30 teams. Now, I was curious, do you even know what a rosin bag is? No. Have you ever seen them on the major leagues? The pitchers pick it up, and they kind of throw it up in the air, and they kind of catch it. Um, it's kind of like, it's supposed to like dry their hands so it doesn't get too sweaty, so they can hold on to the ball better. Alright, so I thought, perhaps you might not know, so I thought you could tell us a little bit about what a rosin is and what a rosin bag does. A rosin bag is a small canvas bag that contains 
rosin powder, which is a which is the sap of fir trees. A fact about fir trees: someone actually accidentally inhaled one, and it was what? growing in their lung. That doesn't make sense. How do no. you inhale a tree? You can't inhale no, like a tree. No, like a seed. Oh. Like, okay. he inhaled the seed at work, and then it started growing in his lung. That did not happen. Yes, it did. <laughs> that did. Did you see that on the internet? Yes. That did not happen. And it becomes sticky when combined with the sweat and moisture of your hand. This stickiness is significantly oh hold on i think i cut some part out um so it makes your hand sticky now i didn't realize that i thought it dried it and which made you hold on to the ball better but actually it makes it a little sticky so it kind of stays in your hand a little bit better and um apparently that helps the spin on the ball it allows you to put more spin on the ball i didn't realize that part wait and... so that means you probably shouldn't put it on so that you can make it so that it doesn't spin at all. No, you want it to spin more because it, it goes fast. Think about when you throw a football. Think about how much spin it has on it, right? When yeah. they throw the ball down, that's what they want to actually happen for this one. They want it to get that rotation because they don't just want it to go straight. They also want it to go out to the side, right? Or they want it to suddenly drop off at the bottom as well. Um, okay. Before 2020, rules would allow one shared rosin bag that would stay on the back of... Of the pitcher's mound. Mm -hmm. It wait, also I, says Orioles. Wait, on I deck think circle, I but... saw um one in the uh, Orioles game we watched. You did. You would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, you were so far away, you couldn't Orioles... even see. But you managed to see the rosin bag. You said you couldn't even see what was going on. You were so far away, but you saw a tiny rosin bag on the. I think you managed to see just fine by the no! sounds of it. No, the the one we watched in the hotel. Oh, I thought you meant the one where we were at, the Brewers. No! Oh, okay. Yes, if you watch the game carefully next time, you'll see it. And at the start of the end, Oh, yeah, and also I think I might have saw one of the Coppin State games. It's possible. I didn't actually think about it. Wait, it's like a small bag kind of thing, like one of the GameCube bags. It kind of looks a little bit like chalk. Like, when you throw it up, it kind of feels like a chalk. I actually kind of got one for disc golf. I don't know what I did with it, because I got one, it's kind of, because sometimes when you hand, you can always talk about it, it slipped out my hand, or it stuck in my hand, and so I got one of those bags, and I don't know what I did with it. I took it into school for some reason, and I don't know where I put it. What? But I think it's like a similar thing. It's like a chalky powder, but I kind of like just the sensation of kind of just throwing it up and catching it, and all right, anyway, so it's normally on the on-deck circle. We're talking about 2020, after the coronavirus. After the coronavirus pandemic each pitcher has their own individual bag of rosin bag mm -hmm. of rosin it kind of looks like it would, like it kind of sounds like it should be rosin it's not like that's you, why i said rosin yeah <laughs> it hasn't a single like letter in the middle Okay, that's that's rosin. That English they is a bring language. on and off the field with them when they go up to the pitcher's mound. Yeah, now it is. Now it mentioned actually that the rosin is actually like um oh gosh, what's the thing? Tar? It's like a tar that you can put on the batters can put on their bat as well because it helps them to hold on to the bat. But you can only put it a certain part down the bat because it's uh, it's a legal time par. That's what it was. Um. Because sometimes it gets a little sticky and uh, it can uh, mess up how the ball gets it. There's a famous incident with George Brett um, where actually he put too much pine tar on his bat and he got into trouble. I think that's a story I'll find out for you. I think you'll like that story. That's um, your homework. 
but it's not much on because I already know most of the story already. But so pitchers can use it, but batters cannot on certain parts of their bat. So Wait, for different what? reasons. But the use of rosin in baseball goes back to 1887. That was my Wait, next Dad? thing. That was my next thing. I was kind of curious about how long they've been using it for. Long, long time. Uh, it was banned from 1919 to 1937. But it didn't say why. I had to go to another place to find out why. Uh, Jeff Blair on sportsnet.ca. It became accepted practice for pitchers to carry a small bag of rosin in their back pocket. But in 1919, baseball decided to crack down on the use of foreign substances by pitchers. But it proved difficult to enforce. Pitchers filled handkerchiefs with rosin and stuck them in their pocket. And since there was no prohibition on using rosin to improve grip on the bat, that's what I was talking about earlier, it was common to see pitchers spending a great deal of time around the bat rack while their team was hitting. So basically, they'd go to the place where it is. Like I said, it's on the handle. And then they just put their hands, they just pick up the bats and hold them. And then they get the, time, the pine tar on their hands anyway. So, But I don't know why they kept it going until 1937. I couldn't find a good answer to that question. But I will find out more for you for next week. That's my homework assignment, okay? And also you have to find, and also, um, you probably should look at, um, why they started using it. I couldn't find that. I tried. I couldn't find that. I think it's basically then they said it was so difficult to enforce anyway that they just let it go. It seems kind of weird that the batters could have it, but the pitchers couldn't have it. All right. Story two is from an article by uh, Manny Randall on MLB.com. I'm going to pick stories from early in the week, JJ, because like I said, we've got to record early this week. So this is actually Saturday, May 21st from, at yeah. Coors. Coors Field. Do you know where Coors Field is? No. That's Denver. That was the first stadium I ever went to. That was the first MLB game I ever saw with in the Colorado Denver? Rockies. Yep. It was when nice. I was traveling in the summer. Yep. Brian Serving, a 27-year-old catcher, launched a pair of two homers. Two-run homers. For his first two career hits to help the Rockies beat the Mets 11-3. to It was a good day, said the 27-year-old catcher. For whom? It for didn't, whom? For whom? It all hadn't quite sunk in as he stood in at his locker after the game. Now, okay, obviously pretty impressive, but why did I pick this as my story? Servant is the only player in MLB history to have two multi-run homers in the same game for his first two career hits. Servan went 0 for 2 on his big league debut the Wednesday before. And I also saw one other player has done this as well. I was hit homers, but they weren't uh, multi home runs. Uh, Trevor Story of the Red Sox, who's playing particularly well now, also hit two home runs with his first two hits for the Rockies in 2016. And JJ, it reminds me, I just missed something from my Red Sox update. Trevor Story was actually named AL uh, Player of the Week as well. What's AL? American League. So he, because we talked about the fact he hit his first home run, then he hit three home runs. Wait, in is one there game, also the National like League too? There is. I don't remember who the National League Player of the Week is. So teams like um, teams like the Orioles are American League, and teams like the Nationals are National. Well, I guess that's kind of obvious. National League. That'd be kind of weird if they were in the American League and they're called the Nationals. And um, that was it, as it was the start of the Wait, week. Why are a team different teams in national leagues? Uh, well, originally they're like businesses, so it was different companies, like one team, and they had different teams, and then that was decided that oh, let's see who has the best league. We'll face each other, and that was called the league. World Series. That's how the World Series started. Decide who was the better league, like the American League or the National League. And then now they kind of both came together and now it's just uh, Major League Baseball. But it used to be they were rival companies to each other. 
And yeah. also, it's not true now, but it used to be they played under different rules as well. So the American League used to operate under the designated hitter rule. So that person doesn't field, but they get to bat. And so the pitcher doesn't have to bat. The National League, the pitcher always used to have to bat. Normally they were like the ninth batter in the league. Um, and obviously you're, saying, you're like, huh? Pitchers aren't normally that good at batting, are they? Obviously, Wait, so obviously Jordan Hamburg is, the... but... Babe Ruth was, uh, he played for the Red Sox, he played for the Yankees, so he was in the American League. I'm not sure, the DH didn't actually start until, I want to say like the 70s, I might be wrong. I, if you're going to put me DH? on the spot, I'm going to say 1972, the designated hitter. It used to be, all teams used to play under the National League rules, where the pitcher had to bat for himself. Now they changed that rule. Everybody has a designated hitter, which is kind of good because Bryce Harper's injured right now, so he can't throw the ball. But he can still bat, and he's a really good batter. So he's actually playing designated hitter for the Phillies right now. Now, I have to admit, I did not like when they changed that rule, because I actually like the pitchers batting for themselves. But when they mentioned the fact that people who are injured now actually get a chance to play, I was like, that's actually a pretty good rule. I kind of like that. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Braves, who's just come back after a year-long injury, he's playing a lot of games at DH as well now, so he can kind of ease himself back into the game. And then when he's feeling uh, kind of back to 100%, then he can go back playing into the field. So actually, I kind of like it now. I, I'm actually kind of happy they do have the DH because I was really opposed to it when it happened. Um, quick update just to finish. Um, next week, we will be talking about the, the final game between Coppin State and Delaware State to decide who wins the MIAC. And I think we might have already given it away anyway, JJ. But hey, all right, go ahead. Play your outro music. You about snapped a string. <laughs>